jump right in this morning and I realize that I'm not giving you opportunity to bring your tithe and offering and do those things, you know how to do that. I'm going to encourage you with this word only. Be faithful over that, whether online or in this building, be faithful. I want to jump into this word, Unashamed, part three today. And I want to conclude this series with this. I know with all of my heart that what I said a moment ago in our intercession, all things that exist, exist because of the Father. Nothing exists that he did not give the authority to be. Whether we define it as a good thing or an evil thing, all things that exist, exist because the Father brought it into being. He is the creator. There is no other creator. The devil has never created a single thing. He can only pervert what the Father creates. But he has never created one thing. He's never given life to a single human being, to a single animal, to a single whatever. He's never created an ocean. He never created an earth. He never did create the skies. He doesn't have a heaven of his own. He doesn't have an earth of his own. He doesn't have a human being of his own. He has no possessions of his own. Anything that he tries to lay claim to, he has perverted and he's tried to steal the rights to it from the Father. He is in every way a stealer of birthright. He is in every way a robber of potential. He is a destroyer of purpose for those that will give him his attention. But everything, everything, everything that is, is because God said, let it be. Yahweh said, let it be. Say it with me. Say, Yahweh said, let it be. And it was. And there it is. And everything that Yahweh said, let it be. And it was. And there it is. Was good. All that he creates is good. All that he creates is holy. All that he creates is righteous. But there's a real enemy. And the enemy is always looking for a way to twist, to deceive, to pervert, to corrupt, to try to get his own glory, to try to make himself more powerful than himself. If he, if he had the ability to do so, if he had the ability to create, he would have created his own earth, his own world, his own universe, his own solar system so that he could dwell there and he could make the rules. But he can't make rules. He can only break rules. Everything that the Father ever created, He set in motion for one purpose and one design. That one purpose and that one design was so that you and I could be His glory in an earth. Everything that He sets in motion, every desire that you have in your heart that is righteous and that is holy and that is pure, He put that in you. He designed that in you. He breathed that into you because He had hope that you would hear every word that He spoke. That you would see every move of his hand. That you would be a witness to his glory being expressed in places expected and unexpected. Today I can tell you as we move into shame, this word shame, I want to say to you, I want to make a statement that no one has ever been born with shame. I'm going to connect the dots in a moment. Say it with me. No one. Was ever born, has ever been born, will ever be born with shame. 
but they pick it up along the way. And yet, okay, here's the, here's the contrary. Everyone is born with shame. Everyone is born with shame. It just doesn't show up until a little ways down the road. Now, I know that's hard to swallow. You're going to understand in just a minute. See, shame is heavy in our world. The way we see things, because most of the time, whether we want to admit it or not, and I'm going to prove the point with this statement. Shame is heavy. Shame is debilitating. It's painful. And we see it through those eyes, through that definition. But shame is also a gift from God. Thank you, Father. I've got to rearrange how I see it. I've got to rearrange how I allow shame to control me. If I see shame as heavy and debilitating and painful and all the other words that we want to get, it's because I'm seeing it through the eyes of Adam. But if I see shame as an opportunity to correct a wrong path, I see this as an emotion. All emotion comes from God. Fear, shame, humiliate, whatever, name it. All that we have came from the Father. He birthed, it was in our DNA. The moment he breathed into us, there was a presence of shame. But it would not show up as Yahweh intended until there was a necessary moment. But there's an enemy that perverts that shame. And he wants it to show up when it's not intended. He wants it to show up for the wrong reasons. And it's because we see it through his eyes too often that we see shame as all the things that it really is not. Say this with me. Shame, shame. is my opportunity. Is my opportunity. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait. Say it again. Say shame, shame. Is, my is my opportunity to change the lie. Shame, say it, is Yahweh's gift to me to heal the lie. You're not getting it yet. Say it, let's say it again, see if we can get it this time. Shame is Yahweh's gift to me to heal the lie. Well, I don't feel healed. I feel shame, but I don't feel healed. I feel shameful, but I don't feel renewed. I feel shameful, but I don't feel godly. I feel shameful, but I don't feel holy. I feel shameful, and I can't see God in it. See, shame is his gift to us because it reminds us that our course requires correction, and, and that could be a lot of different ways, but in just simplest of terms we need to forgive we need to repent and we need to adjust our choices 
Shame is an interesting thing. Now, someone might say, and we're going to get to this in a minute, someone might be saying there, well, wait a minute, all the shame that comes upon me doesn't come from the Father, it's come from someone else. We'll get there in just a second. But before we do, I want you to consider Adam and Eve for a second and turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Are you ready for this today? Are you ready? You ready to, be, you ready to see shame from the right perspective today? Are you ready to see it from the right perspective today? See, one might say, <clears throat> to forgive someone is a weakness. If I forgive, then that, that's a weakness. If I have to forgive someone, it's a weakness to me for me to have to forgive. But see, forgiveness, that's a gift from God. Someone might say, to repent of something is a weakness. But see, repentance comes from God. If we can see these things from the right pers- perspective, we get past ourselves. Whether we want to admit it or not, most people under the sound of my voice today are stuck somewhere within themselves. They're stuck somewhere within their own mind. We get stuck there. Whether we are or aren't right now, tomorrow we might be. Stuck in our own mind, stuck in our own humility, uh, uh, hurt, our own pain, our own whatever. We get stuck there and we get we have all these feelings. We don't want to repent. We don't want to forgive. We, we have shame. And we get stuck in all of that because we're looking at it through the wrong eyes. If we can see it for what the Father intends it for, it will change everything. Let's consider Adam and Eve in the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read from there, and I'm also going to read in Genesis chapter 3, so keep your Bibles open. If you're following along on the Church Center app, it's a great way to do so, and it's real quick. But in Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 21, it reads like this. It says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, Adam, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought that woman to that man. Then the man said... This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of me or out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Okay, say this with me. Say the man and his wife... We're both naked, or naked, depending on where you're from. But the man and his wife were both naked and were, were what? Were what? Were not. The man and the woman were both naked, but were not, but were not ashamed. Interesting. Now let's jump right over one chapter in Genesis chapter three, begin with verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and then he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden because they now knew they were naked. They knew they were naked in a chapter before that. The day before. They were naked and not ashamed. Now they're naked And they are ashamed. Why? Because they received within themselves knowledge that was not meant for them. 
They accepted something that was not intended for them. You hearing me today? So if I look at shame and I allow myself to believe that whatever shame I have, it's all of the enemy. It's all, none of it is pleasant. None of it is good. None of it's intended by the Father. It's all the enemy. It's the devil, and I'm casting it out every opportunity I get. If we look at it that way, it's because we're eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the only knowledge we're accepting is, because this is uncomfortable, it cannot come from God. I want to tell you today, your emotion, all emotion, comes from the Father. Misplaced emotion, perverted emotion, comes from the enemy. To say, I... Mm, let me think of an example. Mm, I'm trying to think of a good example. To say I, I'm going to use a really loose example. This did not happen. This is a hypothetical, okay? <laughs> to say I'm driving down the road, someone pulls out in front of me, and I suddenly find myself without, just completely surprise myself, I'm cursing them out. Did not happen. Hypothetical. <laughs> just want to make that clear. I find myself cursing them out. Ah, and then five minutes later, something comes over me, and there's a shame in me. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. That shouldn't have happened. I know better than to do that. The Spirit of the Lord is within me. It is upon me. And that Spirit of God does not do things like that. And there's shame that comes upon me. Now, for me, to try to cast off that shame is to deny that the Father is making me aware. You need a course correction you need a course correction now here's the thing about the father in course correction see he gave me that shame so that I could understand and I could hear and I could be a witness and a testimony to the fact that he's not the difference between the father is he doesn't want us living in shame he uses shame to get us where we're supposed to be where the enemy uses shame to keep us where he wants us the father uses shame in its original intent to bring a course correction so that we get to where we're supposed to be. The enemy uses that shame to keep us in a weak place, in a broken place, in a hurt place to control us. As long as he can keep us there, he can keep us from getting and becoming everything that the Father wants us to be. So it says, they were, the man and his wife were both naked in, in, cha, in chapter 2 of Genesis, and they were not ashamed. In Genesis 3, verses 6 through 8, the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. See, shame that comes from the Father is strictly, this is it. I want you to correct this. So there's people in this room. I want you today, before we get to the conclusion of this, I want you to recognize, are there things in your life where shame might exist? Are there places where shame might be and all the Father's trying to do? You've blamed it on the enemy or you've blamed it on this person or you've blamed it on that thing or you've blamed it on your temper or you've blamed it on whatever and the Father's saying, I'm using that to, to redirect you. Maybe all the shame you've been trying to conquer didn't all come because of what your mom and dad said about you. Maybe you've accepted it as them being the reason, or your teacher, or your brother, your sister, your whatever, however you begin to receive it. 
But it may actually be the father saying, listen, I want to tell you something. You're now a grown man. You're now a grown woman. And if you continue to put yourself under the words of these people, you will never fulfill your purpose. So I'm going to use that shame to change your direction. I hope you're hearing what I'm telling you today. I want to get to the place where I'm not unashamed to acknowledge that my shame was misplaced. Shame, too, as I said a moment ago, is a weapon of the enemy. No doubt about it. What God meant for good, the enemy is always looking for a way to compromise. He's always looking for a way to pervert it. Everything he meant for good. I'm going to take that thing. Once he gives you just enough time to realize that there's possibility in it. And then a split second later, he begins to pervert it and tries to change your opinion about it. Or what you know about it. Because he wants, again, where the Father is propelling you forward. And I'm telling you in this room right now, everyone under the sound of my voice and watching online today. And by the way, if you're watching online, we're so thankful that you are. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you being a part of this house. Whatever we're doing here, we invite you to be a part of. Comment. Let us know that you love us. We love you back. Even if we haven't met you, we we trust that by word and by spirit, you're getting out of this what we are. But every single person that's in this room right now, I'm telling you today, the Father's goals, his purpose, his ambition, his hope, his desire for you is all incredible and it is amazing. And But there is a very real enemy that's also very aware of your purpose and your potential and all that you can do. And the only way that he can stop you is to take what was meant for good and to twist that and to pervert that and to corrupt that so that you begin to think of yourself less than what the father thinks of you as. So I want to read to you something this morning. Now, I want to say something to you in a moment. We're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 12. Let me tell you what the truth is. That shame is not based in reality. You can write this down. I think I put this in the church app, church center app. But shame is not based in reality. It's not your final outcome. It's real. But the reality of it is, it's not your final outcome. Where we receive it as, I'm, I, I feel this way, it feels like I've been this way a long time, and I'm always going to be this way. It's not your final outcome. Because shame is not based in reality, it is based on the false idea that somehow something can have ultimate power over our emotions and maybe even determine our destiny. It's based on a lie. Shame from the enemy, it's based on a lie. What can we learn from Christ about how he dealt with it? In Hebrews chapter 12, it says this. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured a cross of shame, endured the cross despising the shame of dying on a cross, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. To die on a cross was shameful. It was the worst possible means, the most humiliating means for the, reserved for the worst of the kind to die on a cross and then to be nailed to a cross. Took it another step. It was, it was all about shame. How can we minimize? How can we so dilute you as a human being that you don't even look like, all you look like is a lump of mistake up on that cross? How can we make you an error? How can we make you a, 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 a failure? How can we make you look... Uh, tiny how can we make you look so unimportant by hanging you on a cross 
How can we make you look weak? How can we take your grandeur and dull it? We're going to hang you on a cross. And it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he knew what was up there. He knew this is the goal. This is the purpose. This is what the Father has for me. I'm telling you today, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You need to know what the Father has for you. You need to know what his promise is for you. You need to know because the cross of shame that you're bearing was not intended for you. It was not intended. It might be shame that gets you somewhere, but it is not shame to keep you somewhere. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He said, you know what? This is a shameful thing. They're going to put me on this cross. And everybody that's watching me today, all throughout history, they're going to know that a man or a woman, anyone put on a cross, it was the most shameful form of death, punishment, to be put on a cross. But I'm going to despise that shame. And I'm going to use that shame for the purpose that it is. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to say through this shame and only, only, get this with me. It was only through that kind of shame. Yahweh used shame to allow you and me to allow us to be a redeemed son or daughter. He said, I'm going to send my son through shame on purpose. (laughs) You got to get it this morning. I'm going to put my son right on shame, high and lifted up shamefully. For you. I'm going to shame him for you. And I'm going to shame him for you. But not the kind of shame he's going to live in because I got news. He's coming off the shame. They're going to put him on the shame. But he's coming off the shame. And when he comes off the shame, he will be able to do exactly what he's supposed to do. He's not going to dwell in the shame. Never will we ever hear Christ throughout Scripture after coming off that cross. Never is there any reference point to where Christ came off that cross and he said, I'm just really having a hard time that they put me on a cross of shame. Oh, I can't get past it. Oh, why didn't they just quarter me with horses? Why didn't they just, I mean, at least that that was respectable. Why didn't they give me a respectable death? Why didn't they behead me? At least it was respectable. Reserved for those that they didn't want to embarrass, but they wanted them to go out with some dignity, but they removed my dignity. Never do we see anything where Christ said they put me on shame, and now I can't get past it. I'm going to live in it. They put him on shame, and you know what his father did? You know what Yahweh did? Same thing he's doing for you. He got on that shame, and the Father said, now I'm going to take him off that shame. But I'm going to make him pass through some shame because i got to correct some courses. i got to correct some decisions that folks have made. And the only way to correct those decisions is to send my son through shame. The thing about Christ was he was never ashamed of being put on shame. He sat there at that table with all those disciples as they were gathered around. He said, one of y'all is going to betray me, but this is the cool thing. I'm going to tear this thing down, and in three days it's going to be raised up again. <laughs> I'm going to tear, tear this thing down, and in three days it will be rebuilt. You watch. But what's coming out of that ground? What comes on the other side of shame? He didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm so ashamed because I know that I'm going to be crucified, and it's embarrassing, and I really don't want to tell you guys this, but this is how I'm going to die pitiful me. 
He said, no. He said, let me tell you what they're going to do to me. They are going to lap me right up there. They're going to put over the top of that thing. Eli, Eli, yada, yada, whatever all that stuff is. I don't remember now. I would if I thought about it a second. But he said, they're going to put me on shame. And then I'm going to come off shame. And then I'm going to build again what they tried to destroy. But what I build again will not be anything like what they destroyed. What I build again is not going to be a temple for a few. It's going to be a temple for all mankind. What I build again is not going to be something you see from Jerusalem. It's going to be something you see anywhere in the world. What I build again is not going to be something that is temporary and that can be pulled apart and the mortar can be removed. But what I build again is going to be eternal. It's going to be everlasting and it's going to change every single man or woman that will receive this man that climbs up on shame and then walks right off of shame. That's what we can learn from Christ about shame. It says he endured the cross, despised the shame. He said, he looked at it and he said, <laughs> that cross screaming to him. He's carrying it down the Via Dolorosa on the shoulders of his back. Shoulders of his back. His shoulders and back. Walking down that road, he's got this thing on his back. And the whole time that cross is crying out and people are saying, shameful, shameful, shameful. And all he can think about is, my moment's coming. I'm going to take one more step. Shame on you, shame on you. One more step. All he's saying to himself is one more step. I'm about to shut shame up. I'm going to take one more step. I'm going to take one more step. Shame on you, pulling out his beard, pulling out his hair, putting a crown of thorns on him, whipping him in the back. Shame, shame, shame. Carrying the cross is saying to him, ooh, you've got to carry this shame. You've just got to carry this shame. Look at me. Shame is on you. I am heavy. I am laying you down. I am shame, and I'm wearing you out. Are you even going to make it to Golgotha? Are you even going to get to your destination the whole time? Christ just taking another step. Your moment's coming. Your moment's coming. Your moment's coming. I have a promise. I have a promise. And I'm going to tell you something, shame. I believe, I believe if we could have witnessed it, he might have even turned his head a little bit and looked at a little bit of the wood sticking out and said, I've got your number. And just kept on walking and said, I'm about to show you what shame can and cannot do in me. I'm voluntarily going to be positioned in the middle of shame for you. And for you. And all of you folks lining this road while I'm walking down this thing with a cross, all of you folks lining this road, I just want to say to you, I just want to make you aware of something. You can call me shameful. You can call me liar. You can call me deceiver. You can question where my kingdom is. You can say all the things that you want that might make the normal guy shameful. But I'm going to tell you, I'm about to climb on shame for you. You cannot say enough that will keep me from climbing on shame. Because I'm not going to live in it. I'm not setting up house on this shame. I'm not dwelling in this shame. I'm coming through it. And I'm coming through it for you. What about you and me? You know, just like, I mean, it is so true. And... I started to spew out a couple of examples. I'm not going to do that because I don't know where that might apply, and I don't want to do that. But just like Adam and Eve, every single one of us have done things that we are ashamed of. 
And we have tried to hide those things in the closet of our mind. We've tried to hide them away. But the mind does not easily forget. And the shame is always awake in us, reminding us at key moments how shameful we are. When we live with that, it's because we've made a choice to build our house on the wrong foundation. I don't believe that you nor I need to try to sort out is the shame that I feel, the shame that the Father gave me to recorrect my course, or is it the perverted shame of the enemy? We don't need to try to figure that out. I believe all we need to do is say to the Father, your word to me is that I have purpose. And whether this shame is from you or whether this shame is from the enemy, I'm going to use it as though it's all from you. And I'm going to say, I'm coming off this shame. I'm going to come off of this shame. I'm coming off of this cross. And what you're going to build is going to be greater than what went on to that cross. I'm coming out of this shame. And what you are building is going to be greater than what went into that shame. Do you hear me today? Shame will only hold power, the power over you or me, us. Let me say it that way. Shame will only hold the power over us that we give it. Shame has no power of its own. None. It does not have the ability to keep you in its clutches. It does not have a heart that beats, nor a mind that thinks. It has no motivation, one way or the other. Shame is sent. It's sent. It comes to us either by the Father or by the perversion of another, one under the authority of a very real enemy that in the same way tried to shame Christ. The only power shame has over you and me is the power that we give it. But we have a greater power. And the greater power is that we, if that shame is in us because the Father's requiring a course and direction or correction, then I'm repenting. Or I'm forgiving. Or whatever that might be. Whatever might be required. If that shame's coming from someone else, and they've laid this burden, and they put this cross on me, and I'm walking this thing out, and I keep carrying this thing, and I keep choosing to live in that thing, I'm repenting. I'm saying, Father, I repent. Because what will happen is shame that is perverted that comes to you means you've given people authority over your life that don't deserve it. You've given them a right to define you. And they don't have that. So, Father, my position today, if that's the case, is I repent. And I remove that you have the right to give instruction to my life. You have authority in my life. I am not going to allow this person to have authority in my life and to determine and to determine my outcome anymore. No matter what they say or what they do, I'm not wearing that shame. I am not wearing that shame any longer. And I'm repenting that for some reason I had a lapse in mentality, a lapse in brilliance, and believed that somehow they had authority over me. 
Today, I'm taking that off. And I'm going to do it by the Holy Ghost. And I'm looking to you. And I'm not going to live a life of shame. I'm going to be an unashamed man. I'm going to be an unashamed woman. You know, there's so many things. I started to share a few examples a minute ago, but it's impossible to do that because there's so many things that we allow ourselves to, to walk in shame over. So many things that we, we let people heap on us and, and, and cause us. Listen, people in this room under the sound of my voice today have made decisions, life-altering decisions that impacted you the wrong way because of shame that had been laid on you. Someone said to you that had no authority to say it, you're not smart enough. Someone said to you that had no authority, no right to say it to you, you're not good enough. You're too this, you're too little that. You don't get along well with people. You don't talk enough, you talk too much. You have too many opinions. You don't have enough opinions. And too many people have let those things determine what your outcome is. And too many people under the sound of my voice today have missed the moment, what you were really created for because you've been clinging and hanging on that cross of shame for so long you still haven't come off of it. Today is your day. You've not missed anything that cannot be recovered. Because the shame that the Father gives is always about, let's correct this course. Now, the timeline might be different. I meant this for you in 2010, but it's coming to you in 2021. Don't you worry. My incubation is great. It's as alive today as it was then. Can I ask you this? Was the promised land to Israel any less promised 38 years after disobedience than it was when they could have first went in? It was no less the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness than it was the first two years when they had opportunity to go in. You hearing me today? So this is what I believe about shame today. I believe the Father is going to literally, in the best way I know, to give you this visual. Pull the nails out of your hands that have you nailed to that cross that keeps you from doing what he wants. I believe today he's going to pull the nail, the spike, out of your feet that keep you on that cross. I believe he's going to remove those thorns that are on your head because he already did all this. He went to shame, climbed on shame, got on shame, died on shame, resurrected out of shame so that you didn't have to. Get me this morning. Shame is not your intended purpose. Any shame that comes to you is only to point you back in the right direction. Shame is not to live in. And today, he's going to start pulling some things out. Amen. He's going to pull some things out. You might say, well, I don't need anything pulled out. Maybe you don't, but somebody does. Somebody does. Yep. If there's even one person on the sound of my voice that believes less about you than the Father believes about you, it's because someone has shamed you the wrong way. Because you're clinging to something, hanging on to something that was never promised for you. 
He's going to heal paths today. He's going to restore destinies today. Do you hear me today? He's going to make those crooked ways straight for some today. You hearing me this morning? Stand with me if you would, please. With eyes wide open today. Father, I don't know what people carry in this house. I have no idea. I, I couldn't even right now, right now, literally, I'm, I'm talking to y'all now. But right now, there is not a single person in my mind that I can think of that I know of that lives with shame. I don't know of one because none of you that I'm aware of has come to me and said, I'm ashamed of this, I'm ashamed of that, I can't get past this. I don't know. And yet I know you're here. And yet I know you're here. Yet I know you're watching online today. Now whether or not you want to stand here in the front and we can lay hands on you and minister to you, that's totally up to you. What I do believe about it is this. The Father's here to deliver today. He is here to set free. He is here to pull you off a cross that you've been carrying that does not belong to you. He is here to remove the voices that have hindered you, that have caused a wrong course correction in your life. And you've gone in the wrong direction because you let yourself fall into the, the, the lies and the deception and the perversion of an enemy. You gave way to that. And the father said, not anymore. Not anymore. There's miracles for you right here, right now. And if I'm talking to you, and only you know if I'm talking to you, Whatever you hold, small or big, I want you to get out of your seat. If you need deliverance today, you need to overcome today. There is no shame in needing a miracle today. I want you to come out of your seat, and I want you to come stand with me this morning. Just stand, stand right across the front, please. Well, I, I believe God, <clears throat> thank you, I believe God more than I believe the lies of the enemy. I believe God more than I believe anything. I believe he's capable. I'm waiting because there's more. <clears throat> I'm waiting. There's no shame in coming. There's no shame in standing here. There's victory. Victory in this house this morning. Victory in this house today. Healing and deliverance in this place today. Come and get in a little group right here, if you would, please. I want to lay hands on all of you. I don't know how I want to go about this today. And I want you to come if you need to come. I don't know how I want to go about this today. Because I know where to pray for you. But I want to do it the way the Father wants to do it. What I do believe, side note, love how you spell your name. What I do believe is today, a miracle isn't coming to you. It has come to you. It has come to you. Now, what you can't do you can't walk out of here and then in your world and in your mind let the same deceiver that has perverted whatever it is that you've accepted that isn't the truth. You can't walk out of here and let him keep saying those things over and over to you and receive it. 
At some point, you say to that cross that's on your back, I'm coming off of you. I've come off of you. And I'm no longer a prisoner to you. But there's something on the other side. And I'm moving into that today. 